Welcome back to This Week in Video Games, and this is the News Roundup, giving you all the latest video game news you need to know in just about 10 minutes. If you find this useful, don't forget to hit like, share and subscribe on YouTube, and also your favourite podcast app. Links are down below in the description or the show notes. Well, it's the 30th of August 2021, so let's get into the news. Well, first up in the news today, Nintendo console designer leaves the company after nearly 39 years. This one comes from Ben Reeves at a Game Informer. So you might not be familiar with Lance Barr's name, but if you're a fan of games, you're definitely familiar with Barr's work. Back in the halcyon days of 1982, Nintendo hired Barr to be the company's design and brand director. So Barr's first job was actually to design arcade cabinets for the US market. Still, the designer eventually went on to transform Nintendo's Japanese console designs to better suit the Western market, and notedly, Barr was behind the design of the NES. The original design of the NES was worked on over several months, including a stay of a couple of months while I was working in Japan at NCL, Barr told Nintendojo, in 2005. The design was conceived as a wireless modular system designed to look more like a sleek stereo system rather than an electronic toy. After the first public showing in the US at the Consumer Electronics Show, I was asked to redesign the case based on new engineering requirements. To reduce costs, the wireless function was eliminated, as well as some of the modular components such as the keyboard and the data recorder. But the biggest change was the orientation and the size requirements to accommodate the new edge connector for inserting the games. The new edge connector was a zero-force design that allowed the game to be inserted with low force and then rotated down into the contact position. The case had to be designed around the movement of the game and required the shape and the size of the NES to grow from the earlier concepts. Barr went on to work on everything from the NES Zapper light gun, the NES Advantage arcade stick and the original SNES console, its updated top-loading version and the Wii Nunchuck among many, many other things. Then, in July 2021, Barr updated his LinkedIn profile to say he'd retired and moving on to other projects. Well, thanks for all the memories, Barr, and have a good retirement. Well, next up in the news, Metroid Dread trailer reveals an iconic boss. And this one comes from Tom Phillips out of Eurogamer. So look, Nintendo, I was already pretty sure I'd play Metroid Dread after that last trailer, which teased new details in the series' mysterious Chozo race. But fair enough, today's trailer is even better. Metroid fans will be delighted at some of the previously unseen stuff in this video and its reveals, and to save spoiling it first, I'll just let you watch. I'm going to be playing that in the background now. So picking up from that last trailer, clearly we have here a very living, angry Chozo who Samus must fight. Why are they living? Why are they angry? Well, I'm looking forward to Metroid Dread to providing answers to those questions. So on the Chozo, an accompanying press release for today's trailer includes the line, which I found interesting, the Chozo were highly intelligent and technologically advanced species who believe their purpose to be that of bringing peace throughout the galaxy. Eventually the civilization reached breaking point and living Chozo are now rarely seen. The other big thing, literally in this trailer, is Kraid. Metroid fans will of course recognize this hulking crocodile boss from various early entries in the series and also Super Smash Bros. Melee. Metroid Dread is chronologically the final game in the series to date, so it is interesting to see Kraid pop up here again. Well, Metroid Dread arrives on the 8th of October for Nintendo Switch, and that is the same day as the launch of the Nintendo Switch OLED model. Well, next up in the news today, three new Starfield videos show off more locations for Bethesda's space RPG, and this one comes from Liana Rupert out of Game Informer. So while we do have some more time to wait before getting our hands on Bethesda's upcoming space RPG, 
The studio did reveal three new Starfield videos for fans to enjoy, and the three latest developer updates share more details about new locations that players will be able to explore. So the latest inside look at Starfield are pretty short in nature, but it's interesting to see some of the vision that the team has for space exploration. So why not gameplay? The concept art shared is intriguing, has us interested in seeing where this game will take us for a new adventure. So first of all, we've got New Atlantis, and then we've got a new location called Neon, and then finally we've got Akalay. New Atlantis is the capital for a sect of people known as the United Colonies, a powerful faction that is a major player in the realm of galactic politics. Given what Bethesda has said about New Atlantis, it's pretty much a given. This will be one of the larger areas explored in the game, and possibly one of the most complex. While cool, Neon is where I'm the most excited, so Neon is a water world that basically looks like somebody saw an aquarium and thought, yes, this is Utopia. Akalay is another capital city, but for this time it's a collective known as the Freestar. It also has some major Attack on Titan vibes with that wall, so while fans have been understandably frustrated at such an early reveal, Pete Hines and Todd Howard have been very transparent about this title being early on in its development since it was revealed, and they've also been very clear this has only shown off so prematurely in order to assuage fans' worries they're abandoning the single player after the reveal of Fallout 76. That being said, it's also finally nice to get something more concrete, especially now with additional resources that the acquisition has to offer. Luckily though, at least now we have a date, even if it's a little further off than we might have hoped. Well, next up in the news, Halo Infinite Battle Pass progression is tied to challenges, not per match XP. This one comes from Wesley and Paul out of Eurogamer. So Halo Infinite doesn't have per match XP, Battle Pass progression is tied to challenges instead, 343 has clarified, so playing and winning matches will be challenges which will help players progress through the Battle Pass, Halo Community Manager John tweeted. Even though this means no per match XP at launch, you're still always progressing through the challenges and therefore the Battle Pass. John also later clarified that it's extremely difficult to run out of daily challenges, at least regarding 343's current plans for launch. I won't say impossible, because there's always some grinders out there, but I would be impressed. Daily challenges for playing matches is the plan for launch, Jerry Hook, head of design at 343 later tweeted, but we're always looking at ways to expand progression across the board, and we're going to have more to share about the outcomes from key tech preview feedback, including this in an upcoming blog on Waypoint. So using challenges, our goal is that you'll always be earning progression towards your battle pass through playing and winning matches, 343's latest Halo Waypoint blog post reveals, and this will always allow you to jump into a game of Halo and make progress on your goals. Clearly, 343 is not going the traditional battle pass route with its free-to-play Halo Infinite multiplayer. With most battle passes, progression is tied to the experience of points gained through play, and the more you play, the more experience you gain, and the more progress you make through your battle pass. The news has certainly sent tongues wagging within the Halo community. You know, I've seen plenty expressed concern about the system, and some accuse 343 of time-gating progression and how that may encourage microtransactions, so Battle Pass tier skips, for example, and the others suggest challenges will encourage players to play in specific ways. And I'm a little bit worried about 343's comment that it's not being impossible to run out of daily challenges too. Games always find a way, after all. So one aspect of Halo Infinite's Battle Pass I think has received universal praise is that they are permanent. This means the Season 1 Battle Pass will be around forever, so you can always go back, select it as your active Battle Pass and continue to earn progress within it. Well that is it for all the news today, and thank you so much for watching or listening. For more video game news content like this, like, subscribe and share with a friend. To join our community, check out the Discord link in the description, and you can follow me on Twitter at TWIFG Podcast. 
This Week in Video Games is also Patreon, and you can find out more on patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games and sign up for some rewards like early access to the podcast, get your name in the credits of videos as well as exclusive content, special Discord roles, and community features. So check out the links down below then. So check out the links down below in the description or the show notes for more information. Thanks again, and I'll see you soon.